that even this valley was a golden street. Fill my cup, Lord, run it over. Give me love, give me joy, give me peace. Fill my cup, Lord, run it over. I am a child in need, Lord, I need you. Fill my cup, fill my house of Morning, church. Please rise for our first song.
wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on, let's believe it today. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't seated and good morning to each and every one of you glad you're with us in worship and to our guests we're glad you're here as well and in fact we invite you to come on back now if you're sitting here today and you're like well you know I'd like to know some more information there's some questions I have let me let me do the drill so to speak example we have a digital bulletin and if you um, are tech savvy right you could take your smartphone and you can get a lot of information that way a lot of it if you're sitting here and you say, I don't want to do that, I want something a little bit easier, uh, some of the information are in the cards that are in front of you in the chair backs. And in there, it'll tell you things like, how do you submit a prayer for in this service so that we could pray during the service? It'll tell you how to do that. Um, communion. If you're wondering, well, can I take communion? The card will walk you through what we believe as a church and how you take communion. So it'll, it'll go there. So give that a shot. Give it a look. Um, what else is in, is in there? Um, yeah. If you're a guest, uh, we'd like to get to know you. So the card will tell you how to do it. You could stop at Next Steps. You could do that. If you are online, Facebook, thank you for coming. And you could just put something in the comment section, and we would love to get to know you that way. So a lot of different things that can happen. Now, with that, I want to kind of fly through several things that are happening in the life of the church uh, that's coming up. Example, August 21st, next Sunday, backpack blessing. All right, so it doesn't matter what age you are. We'll say preschool all the way through wherever you are as an adult, right? If you are in school and you're starting a brand new school year, uh, bring your backpack, briefcase, whatever you want to do, and we'd love to have you here come up at the kids' message, and we're going to pray for you as you enter another school year. 
If you are part of a school staff on any level, any place, anywhere, we'd love to pray for you too. So come next week and we will ask you to stand at a certain time, not put you on the spot more than that, and we will pray a blessing um, upon you. Somewhat connected to that is we're gathering supplies for teachers. Um, I just know several teachers who, they are so dedicated and they love their students so much, sometimes they go to the store, they buy these things for their classrooms. So we have a list of things that we think would help them, and if you are so inclined, you know, please get that and get that back to us, and we'll make sure the teachers get that as well. All right, um, the 24th, August 24th, exploration. That is uh, probably one of the biggest areas of what we call in as we explore faith life. And that's on Wednesdays, okay? We get together, doesn't matter what age, and we'll have many different classes and Bible studies uh, for you to be a part of. Um, in fact, on the way in, hopefully you got to get a hard copy of this, but go to our website, you'll see these things. We have classes all different kinds. So I'd love for you to come and be a part of that. Wednesdays, all right? Wednesdays, more information there for you as well. Uh, also, I just want to give a shout out to something that's in our community. I have been following what's called the Alpha Project, which is a study of God's word in a very beautiful way. The community is going to be doing this. In fact, you could go to a, um, what's called a come and see event on the 20, 23rd, all right? And it's going to be at 7 o'clock at Henry the 11th, so you can go over there and kind of find out what this is all about. It walks through the Bible in a very real way, that's all I can say. So, another opportunity for you to do. Um, let me think, what else is there? I think that's it. Um, in just a moment during the song, we're, we're going to pass the joy baskets. And it's a time where people like you and me, who are thankful for all the blessings that God has given us, can say thank you in return. That's what it is. And we get to do that and show our thanksgiving, whether it's using our gifts and abilities and talents, right, with our time, uh, but even with our finances. And we just pray that God would lead you, that you would listen, and that he would be glorified. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again. You have given us blessing on top of blessing. And we can come here today and give you all of our praise to say thank you for who you are and what you've done. But may our lives be a reflection of that. Everywhere we go and whatever we do, may we give you glory and honor. So may your presence be here as we worship today and throughout our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope 
There's so much power in the name of Jesus. And as we go into our next song, we picked a new one for you guys this week. It's one that Gina's going to sing. And, and I just absolutely love it because the chorus in this talks about how we're praying for, his, for your healing, praying that the fear inside would flee, praying for breakthroughs, break, uh, praying for miracles. And all of this is done in Jesus' name. And if you think about it, every time we pray, that is exactly how we end each prayer is in the name of Jesus. And so this is such a powerful song. I love it. And I can't wait for us to play it. I speak the name of Jesus over you In your hurting, in your sorrow I will ask my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do In desperation I seek heaven
The Bible says it so clear. There is no name under heaven and earth by which we can be saved. And that's Jesus. And uh, that's what this moment's going to be about, about, about around communion. Um, it's the name of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. It's the life of Jesus for people like you and me. And as we prepare to receive communion, I want to give us all an opportunity to profess what we believe about this Jesus. And we're going to have a, what I call a profession of faith. We're going to talk about what we believe about our sin. But specifically, we're going to talk about what do we believe about forgiveness in Jesus and also what's in this meal and then how we live our life. So if we could have that up on the screen, let's profess this out loud together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body of the church by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. A lot of words, but let me just boil down what I think is the most important part. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who loves us, Jesus who forgives us, Jesus who feeds us, and Jesus who empowers us to live our life. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we now continue with the distribution of Holy Communion, uh, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free during the song to receive those elements, believing Jesus is present and that your sins are forgiven. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion during the song, uh, as you come forward, if you desire to either have gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. So may this time be a very sacred moment where God comes to us, loves us, and blesses us, and feeds us. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Exchange it someday for a crowd. 
trophies at last I'll lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown I will cling to the old rugged cross And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we lift up our prayers to you this morning from our 1C family. A prayer for Becky and her medical team who meet this week to discuss her cancer treatment. Bold prayers for Natalie with a recent cancer diagnosis. Prayers that we get an answer at my son's doctor's appointment tomorrow. Please pray for my son who is over in Kuwait to stay safe. For Cassie to continue to heal and watch over her children. For Joe, our booth and tech guy, and so very much more at 1C. Prayers for a great year in your new adventures. Strength for Coco as she continues her battle with cancer. Be with her through treatments as well as her family and friends. Welcome Bobby as she joins you in heaven, free of her pain. Be with all of her family as they mourn their loss. Give them the comfort and peace they need. Thank you for my family and friends and please help the lonely. A prayer for Josie Velez, who is fighting brain cancer. She just lost her husband, who also had cancer. Prayers for the family to get through this. For my daughter, Jessica, who is fighting addiction to alcohol. Prayers for her to get well soon. For continued peace, I pray for God to reach my husband, and I pray for him to be healed 
Also, please pray for my brother to continue to find peace and joy in his life. Take away the fear in Jesus' name. For our family, financial well-being, and job security. Continued prayers from my mother-in-law. Her surgery went well. Now we wait for test results, hoping the spot they removed isn't cancer. For a dear friend going to court, Lord, be her defender and deliverer. Thank you for good test results I got this week and prayers for my dad, who was diagnosed with COVID last week. Gracious God, we thank you that we can bring all our prayers spoken and in our hearts to the foot of the cross where your son took all our burdens and paid the price so that we may be free to experience your grace, mercy, and love. It is through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. Come on up. Well, summer is coming to an end. School is starting. And exploration is starting soon. Who's excited for exploration? Me, Mr. Greg, me, I'm excited for exploration. Mr. Greg, I knew I polished my eyeball today for a good reason. <laughs> exploration starts today. What time? In five minutes? No, George. No, no, George. maybe am I late? No. Oh, I'm always late. No, Sorry George. about that. You are early. Oh. Exploration starts soon, not today. It starts on Wednesday the 24th. We're going to kick off exploration. So you're oh. up. A I'm little bit early. Very and early. Okay, thank you. And you got the wrong day. Oh. It's, it's on Wednesdays. Today's, Wednesday. su today's oh, Sunday. Okay. Silly me, Mr. Yeah. Greg. Wednesday. That's right. Got it. Good. Oh, Mr. Good. Greg. Yes. I am so excited for exploration. I have a very pertinent question. Do what? you have special classes for one-eyed spider monkeys? Um, not specifically. No. No. But we do have classes for kids of all ages, nurseries on up through middle school, oh, high yeah. school. We have several adult options as well. That's good. Yes, Mr. Gray. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'm so excited. Good. I am too, George. And, you know, speaking of eyeballs, well, oh, yeah. the kids are probably wondering why they got eyeballs on their way in to worship this morning. Are you guys wondering why you got eyeballs? What is that? What, what do they have, Mr. Greg? Oh. Mr. Greg! What, George? Are, are those my fake eyeballs, Mr. Greg? No, George. Are you? What is going on now, Mr. Greg? What? Get kids, I, I need those back. Every single one of you, please I, put them back in the basket. No, put I the think on. the kids are going to eat the eyeballs, George. Ah! Yeah, they're going to eat the eyeballs. Mr. Greg! Oh, there what? are limits, you know, Mr. Greg, and I'm sorry, brother, but you just found it. <laughs> no, George. Yuck! They're just, they're, they're candy eyeballs. They're not oh, your eyeballs. They're, not, they're candy they're not eyeballs. 
No, they're not yours. They're candy eyeballs, so the kids are going to eat them. Well, you know, come to think of it, I think my spare eyeballs, I used them last night for bocce balls, so no, that couldn't be it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was very gross. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry I scared you there, George. Yeah, that was, yeah. you just, I had some bad thoughts there, Mr. Gray. I bet, uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But you know what, it, it's going to be fine. And I gave them. Why I do they have eyeballs, Mr. Greg? That's, that's uh, let's just face it, that's weird. <laughs> it, it's we all knew it, but now it's just, nobody can really hide it, Mr. Greg. No, George, the eyeballs tie in with the scripture verse for today. Yeah, I know, it sounds kind of weird, doesn't it, George? Now that I you say, said it, Mr. Greg. Yeah. Well, let's let's look at Psalm 32, and we'll see why eyeballs fit with what we're talking about today. Okay. All right. Let's and look. And God said, "Let there be fake eyeballs in the tiny little baskets for the children." <laughs> right you? there, Psalm 32. <laughs> that I don't see that. Th that must be your translation. Do you have a different paraphrase translation than I have? I have a lot of things going on in my head, Mr. Greg. <laughs> Well, let's stick to this, this verse here. Psalm okay. 32, verse 8. Oh, okay. Sorry, says, my bad. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. So you see, George, God wants to instruct us and guide us. And he also wants to remind us that he's got his loving eye watching over us and protecting us all the time. And <gasps> Mr. Greg. What, George? Does God have one eye just like me? I knew it. No, George. It's a figure of speech. Oh. You, yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard somebody say, hey, George, will you keep an eye on this for me? Yeah, it's very offensive. Is that, what, is that what happened to you? You take things literally. Someone said, hey, will you keep an eye on my dog? And you literally put your eye on the dog? Mr. Greg. What? We do not have time for that story okay. today. Okay. All right. Let's get back to Psalm Stick to the script, Mr. Greg. <laughs> I'll try. Yikes. It's not I always mean, easy. Everybody was thinking it. <laughs> All right. You're doing great, Mr. Gray. <laughs> All right, thanks. Psalm 32. Verse 8. Verse 8. Yeah, yes. that's right. So God wants to instruct us. So exploration is one of the ways that we can receive instruction from God as we gather together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay. And we study God's word and we encourage one another. We pray for one another. We love one another. And we can remind each other that God's loving eye is on us and he's with us always. That's very important, Mr. Greg. Yeah. So it's good good to remind each other of those things. Yes, Mr. Study. Greg. What, George? I think you are doing a great job talking about God keeping his loving eye on me, you know. I got a thing for eyes. I figured you did. Yep. Yeah. That's... I do, Mr. Greg. You're hitting it right on the head. <laughs> well, George, even though today's expiration doesn't start today, I'm glad you came because the kids got all these yummy candy eyeballs to eat. Yeah. And because of you, everybody gets some eye candy today. Right? Whoa. Sorry. Did you stay up all night thinking about that one? Sorry. I've been married 26 years, George. It's, I'm not very good at this. All oh, right. Anyways. Oh. Okay. That just took a turn. Woo. <laughs> We're going back, there, I back, guess, everybody. Back, Buckle up. Back to the script. Back to the script. All right. What script, Mr. Greg? I don't know. I it, lost it a long time ago. Okay. Well, I just wanted to remind you and no. everyone else that everyone is, is invited to exploration. August 24th, 6.30 p.m., we're having a kickoff. We've got something for every age. Yeah. Yep. I'm so excited, Mr. Greg. I am too. I wish it was today. I do too. 
But August 24th, don't forget August to come back. August 24th, Wednesday, not Sunday. Wednesday, August 24th, Wednesday, 6.30. Wednesday, got it. Come on back. Can't wait. All right, well, let, I, let's pray. Good Shall idea, we? Mr. Greg. I think so. All right, let's pray. Everybody can fold their hands, bow their heads, and repeat after me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for instructing us. Thank you for instructing us. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Eat your eyeball candy if you'd like. Yep. And Mr. Greg, I'm going to teach you how to play bocce ball with my fake eyes. Okay. Come on. That sounds good. Let's do Let's it. Let's go. Very peaceful and serene. We continue our series called Summer Psalms, and we're looking at some psalms, and we're going to do that for a couple weeks. So far, we've looked at Psalm 8, Psalm 19, Psalm 23, 
Today is Psalm 32. Next week is really one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 40. So maybe in preparation for next week, read Psalm 40 once or twice or three times and get ready for that. But we're going to take our journey. And so the theme for today, it says, Psalm 32, seek forgiveness, have life. After I had that theme, I thought, and this was like this morning early when I got here, I should have added two more words. Seek forgiveness, have life, have happiness. Because I really think that's the journey of what uh, David is trying to get us to understand in his uh, process. As he's putting this psalm before us, and he uses the word blessed, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. He's just talking about how do you really have a happy life in all its fullness. Now, before we jump into the scripture, I'd like to give you a little trivia. Uh, Did you know what is the happiest country in the world? Say it louder. Nope. What? Scandinavia. Finland. Denmark. I mean, a lot of them are all in the top ten. And uh, I'll just tell you, the United States is not in the top ten. Hmm. That says something in it by itself. But let me give you the list. When they, when they did this survey, they've been doing it now for ten years. And 2022, I think it came out in March. Uh, Finland was number one. Denmark is number two. I've been there three times. Love Denmark. Love the people. We have some really good friends there. Um, and we, we kind of see this. It's, it's, it is kind of real. But here's the list. This is what they use to measure happiness. Healthy life expectancy. GDP, right? The gross domestic product. So it's, it's kind of uh, economy stuff, right? Social support in times of trouble, low corruption, high social trust, generosity, people look after each other, and freedom to make key life decisions. Those are the things that they use to come up with this, what's the happiest country in the world? And America is number 16. So not on the bottom, and you could just picture some of those countries. And, and where all these things are absent. So we've been very blessed as a country, uh, but we, we don't break the top ten. You know why? This is the list for America. So, you know, you Google this and you can find this stuff out, right? So I Googled, uh, what, uh, what things do people in America make them happy? Relationships, that's kind of a good one. Health, that's good. Money, there's one. Lifestyle and career. Just let that sink in for just a little bit. So now we have these two driving forces for, quote, the world, and now we look at our country. We're going to put that really in stark contrast to what David says will make you happy. He is going to address this for people like you and me. Now what we're going to do is I'm going to walk through five really important principles that David lays out. Now we don't know the Um, The reason why he wrote the psalm, other than it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but some of the psalms, you find out why he wrote it. This psalm, we don't have an understanding. But when you go through this, and I challenge you to do this this week and read it more, I'm thinking David is going back and thinking about Adam and Eve and their journey, the journey of repentance, 
the journey of grace. So kind of do that, put that filter on when you read Psalm 32, and I think you will see what I saw as we were going through it. Now before we jump into those five principles, I want to share with you three Hebrew words that really kind of walk you through the entire psalm. And there are three really important Hebrew words, and like I've said before, sometimes the Hebrew word, we cannot find a single English word to summarize it. The depth and the breadth of the word and the meaning is so big, sometimes we miss, miss out a little bit. So the first word I want to take you to is the, the word maskil, maskil. And I have a commentary and I just want to read what they said. I think they said it really, really great. The psalm is simply titled, A Maskil of David. The Hebrew word for contemplation is maskil might be better understood as instruction. This is the first of 12 psalms with this title. It is full of instruction and contemplation, and it is worthy of meditation. So that's the first word, okay? It's, it's a word of instruction. It is a word of wisdom, something for us to live by. The second word I want us to consider is the word selah, selah. And again, it continues in the commentary. Um, this, it is worthy of meditation as indicated by the frequent repetition of Selah. Three times in only 11 verses. Selah is a word used 74 times in the Hebrew Bible. Kind of put out there for us. Its precise meaning is unknown, though various interpretations are given. It is probably either a liturgical musical mark or an instruction on the reading of the text with the meaning of stop and listen. Now, I would like to bring it into, quote, maybe my vernacular, maybe yours. It's kind of like something is spoken, something is imparted for wisdom, and then it's the proverbial mic drop. So when you see the word Selah, it's like this, boom. And so when you see Selah, back up a little bit, read what was just there, and I think you'll get what they're trying to put upon us, right? So, so that's the word sailor. And now the third word. This is the word that you, you'll find in Psalm 1. So it was like earlier, it's repeated now as we're in Psalm 32, is the word blessed. Blessed. Now, going back to the commentary, it says this. In Hebrew, the word for blessed is ashrai does not, does mean happy or contented. It does mean that. But not in the sense of short-term, shallow pleasure. And this, I wish I would have typed out and gave it to all of you, because you need to really get this, because I think it grabs it. This word blessed means a sense of knowing deeply that God's favor rests on you. Let that sink in. It's not the, what they said, the shallow short-term pleasure, right? Because so much of what's in this world today, right, everything that this world offers has what I call a temporal value. It, it's only going to be there for a certain length of time. But when we understand the blessing that the Bible is talking about, it is this, uh, it says, knowing deeply that God's favor rests on you. That the God of the universe who made the heavens and the earth is personal enough and he knows you and he wants to give you his favor. 
I think that's what Jesus was getting at even in the Beatitudes in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is talking about what does it mean to be blessed. And it's not this temporal thing. It's this eternal thing. And so David is putting that in front of you. And I think he's saying loud and clear, if you want to understand uh, God's favor, there is a journey all of us need to go on. And it's really the journey of repentance. And so I'm going to take you on this. I'm going to share with you the five, five points or five principles. And I want you to know that when that condition is met, David, the psalm writer, says there is a response that is absolutely beautiful. So let me say it again. When we do these five things, there's going to be a response that will be unmistakable. It will be noticeable. It will be beautiful. So let me walk you through it really quickly. It's kind of a running commentary. Uh, the first principle or idea is to find happiness. You must be honest about your sin. Kind of the starting point. David says this, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And then in, in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. So it's kind of that moment where you stop in front of the mirror and you look and go, mm, yep, there's sin. So it's kind of a stopping point. We're sometimes so busy we don't do that. We do that in worship, right? When we come together, we stop in our tracks and say, yes, there's sin. But David would say there's something more to it than just saying, yes, that's sin. And we find it with the second principle. To find happiness, you must own your own sin. He says it this in, in the second part of verse 5. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Now in the first part of verse 5, and now the second part that's up there, the pronoun my is used four times. And it's as if David is saying, it's one thing to say, yes, there's sin, but there's another thing when you own it. And you say, yep, it's my sin. And here's where, you know, I start seeing, I think that David is kind of reflecting back on Adam and Eve. Do you remember what happened after Adam and Eve sinned? Do you remember what they did? Yeah, they, they made some clothes for themselves. They went and they hid from God. Now, did they go to God and own up and say, you know what, it's my sin, you know, it's, it's all my bad? No. In fact, when we find God going to find them, he's pursuing them. He's, he's wanting to have this relationship with them. And ultimately, God says, hey, yo, what up? Okay, that's a little contemporary way to say it. What did Adam say? Did Adam say, yep, my bad, God, my bad? No. He said, the woman you gave me. None of us here has ever blame shifted, have we? <laughs> I think we've learned from the master, Adam. So often, we're willing to say that there's some kind of sin out there, but then all of a sudden take it on and say, it's mine, and I'm responsible for what's going on here? So David says, if you want to get to this place, which we're going to get to in just a moment, yeah, acknowledge it over here, but own it too. It's mine. 
It's my sin that gets in the way. It's my sin that would cause me to be far from God forever. It's not somebody else's. It's mine. Number three, to find happiness, you must learn to hate your sin and not just its consequences. Verse nine, be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Of all the animals that David would use, inspired by the Holy Spirit, remember, he uses this idea of a horse and a mule. You know, I'm a city boy, so I don't know a lot about animals, but I do know that a stereotype or a personality of a mule is that of being stubborn. And so David is touching on this. And for anybody that understands, quote, this farm world, they're probably getting like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be like a mule. I need to become obedient. I need to be faithful. I need to come to him. It, I don't want God to have to come and put a bit and a bridle on me and pull me and yank me. Rather, I need to come to him. So it's one thing to see your sin. It's another thing to own it. And now this idea of even, even a deeper perspective. Number four, to find happiness, you must actually change direction. David says, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. And you've heard me talk about repentance. True repentance is a 180, not a 360. True repentance is a 180, not a 360. And I've demonstrated this up here, and I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you again. You know, you're walking down the road, and all of a sudden you see the sin. You might even take ownership for it. And say, okay, God, oh my goodness, look at what I have done. And we stop in our tracks, and we say we're sorry, we turn around, and then before you know it, we turn around again. And what David is saying, if you really want to get it, if you want to get to this place that, that God wants us to be at, you stop in your tracks, and you turn from your sin, and you turn towards God. That's what it means to trust in him. Not in the things of the world but in him, in Jesus, the Savior of the world. Because when that happens, we get a correct perspective. And then the last one is this. Uh, to find happiness, you must hide in God. David says it in a beautiful way. Verses 6 and 7. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they will not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And then we get that sailor thing, right? It's like, boom. Do you hear what I just said? When you see your sin, and when you see the consequence, the significance, and the mound of sin. Something needs to be done here. And again, this idea, this movement of finding a hiding place that is the best, the only. And I don't know what you do, but I'll just say um, early on, I think some of the places I would go when I am, quote, in trouble, like I'm dealing with the stress of sin and whatever, and Kristen would remember this, food. Food could be a hiding place, Right? You're feeling bad about whatever's going on, and you know, chocolate's pretty good. 
pizza's even, well, not better. It's just as good. I mean, all those things kind of present themselves and says, you know what? If you want to deal with how you're feeling, hide yourself in that. And I'll just say now, after 30-some years of ministry, I find people hide all over the place and all sorts of things, and they're not healthy. And they only continue to have you spiral and be lost. And David says, there's only one place to find your hiding place. In other, in other words, to find a covering, a, um, a sense of love and peace and joy. So if you see this progression that's going on, yes, see your sin. Go ahead, notice it. But ultimately understand that if you want true peace and if you want something eternal, we need to find our hiding place, our safety in him. Then what happens? This is what I call the response. We just talked about the conditions. After you find the happiness of forgiveness, you'll start feeling love for God and compassion towards others. There is something that changes within you. And David says it this way, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Theological point here. Okay, David is now presuming maybe we understand everything, but I want to make sure you get it. We cannot be upright in heart by ourselves. When we try to do it on our own, we just keep getting dirty. We keep getting lost. And so the ultimate thing about becoming upright is when God declares you righteous because of Jesus. God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I sent my son to suffer and die on the cross. He did it all for you so that you can have an upright heart. And when you have an upright heart, you know what you're going to do? Shout. Shout. Now, it may not be advisable if you're in a restaurant and you start shouting. People might, whatever. But I think you can, and I could, with our attitudes and with our words and with our love and with our actions, start shouting out that this God who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I'm going to shine that now. I'm going to shine that in every relationship that God allows me to have. Marriage and kids and grandkids and friends and whoever you bump into on the street. And I'm going to shout and declare the praises of him. It's about Jesus, right? It's about what he has done for you, what he keeps doing for you, and his love for Amen? All right, let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing. Different blessing. I want you to listen to it. Still Trinitarian, but some other words, concepts to grab hold of. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.